With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Night fans, so sorry you missed the live show, but this replay is brought to you by Gordon and Partners. Gordon and Partners are dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who've been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice directly from somebody you trust, which in our case is Michael Hoffman, a UCF alum. Contact Michael directly at 407-913-5350 or visit the website fortheinjured.com. Don't just trust anybody. Trust a fellow knight. Trust Gordon and Partners for the injured. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Roca. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. 21 days from kickoff. Let us welcome in the dudes off the mall, Adam and Mike. Sup, bros? <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Mike, you, I don't know what to do. Dad's on the mall. I think we are. I don't think we qualify for dudes anymore. We're a little old, but it was good to hang out with those dudes this week. A little extra show we gave you guys, right? That was cool. Like you sound like a vision right now. My goodness. I've never heard you sound so clear in my life. I figured it all out. Finally, I got the whole thing. I shouldn't get cut off. I have a hard line plugged into a new computer. <laughs> a new what you do in your spare time is not my business. <laughs> it's a little too much information. <laughs> like go, I'm, I'm channeling our guest from last week, uh, our West Virginia insider with the sunglasses. Uh, he wore them for the whole segment. Uh, yeah, nah, maybe not. No, okay. Badass Trace. That's Trace's return. Yeah, that is apparently <laughs> apparently a thing on Twitter. Uh, oh, there we go. And we can. Yeah, there. Thank you, lonely Bumblebee. Let's uh, start off with a little breaking news. Late this afternoon, 2022 UCF Athletics Hall of Fame inductees from football: Smoking Joe Burnett and Latavius Murray from Cheer Linda Gooch, softball Mackenzie Otis and rowing Christina Sarf. Guys, two football guys in there. Adam, what do you think? Deserving for sure. My first reaction was, wait, Joe Burnett and Linda Gooch aren't already in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just assumed they were already in for some reason. So uh, I'm glad that, that uh, yeah, that's yeah, that been rectified. And, and obviously, I'm, I'm not as familiar with uh, the rowing or the uh, softball inductees. But I'll say this. Latavius Murray has done a bunch for UCF, either behind the scenes or in front of the scenes. I think it's the what the Bortles and Murray training room. So he's been back a bunch. He's contributed to the program. He's still somebody who reps UCF. Uh, so definitely glad to see all those all those folks get in. Again, surprise, Joe Burnett and Linda Gooch weren't already in, actually. Joe B., one of my all-time favorites. Uh, a hell of a career from his freshman year all the way through. Loved watching that guy play. Linda Gooch, multiple national championships. You're right. I don't know how neither one of those were already in. And Burnett already had his name put up in, inside the stadium a long time ago. I figured he was already a Hall of Famer. Murray is another great one. Uh, All right. Always a good class. Uh, good to see those guys get in. Friday, September 23 at the Celeste Hotel on the UCF campus, the induction ceremony. Congratulations to all of the new inductees. Meantime, preseason camp continuing today in Shells were the players uh, this Thursday. And uh, this is practice number nine. Uh, no breaking news here. No definitive word on the quarterback. Uh, we spoke with offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey. Uh, this is uh, continuing in advance of uh, a scrimmage. Uh, guys, do you think it will sort out after Saturday? Depends. Uh, I, I think 
I think no is my answer. I feel like, you know, I've said this on a few different shows this week. I think Gus came in with a game plan. I think he wanted things to go a certain way. I don't think it's playing out as he had hoped. The fact that we still, and and I know, Trace, this is not the clip you pulled, but Chip was asked, will the quarterbacks be live? He was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It's up to coach. You know, I feel like there's still some things that the staff wants to see with the quarterbacks. I don't know that you see it all in one scrimmage. I think maybe you get more of that information Gus is looking for, but I don't I don't think we get a QB out of the scrimmage like we thought we would. Even if we did, they're not going to tell us. They're not going to tell us this week. They're not going to tell us at the Fan Fest. They're not going to tell us um, at the Charge On Tour on Friday night. We're not going to know anything. And it's probably not going to know anything until the week of the game, if he even tells us before the game. But when do they usually release those depth charts? Is it a week out? Two weeks out, they got to give it to the press, right? Not that far out. And remember, you know, under Frost, right? At least it was this person or this person. Yeah, the oars. When, when, I love when oars started. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we had that media session with uh, offense coordinator Chip Lindsay today, and uh, the call was one more question. So I said, uh, do you think we're going to have a starter after this weekend? Starter clearly defined in your mind. Yeah, we're about you kind of know when you know, I think, and I know he said that before, but he's right. And right now, both guys, you know, I could sit here today, they're both having good days, and they're both they're both pushing each other. Uh, we can win with both of them, and I think we can win with all three. Tommy keeps progressing like he is. And, you know, I don't want that whoever decide, whoever we decide is the starter, the team's going to be behind them. And then, like I told you, the guy's got to play well. He's got to play well and, and, and do well to keep your job. But that's at any position. The quarterback's going to be obviously magnified, but uh, I'm excited about both of them. Both of them? He mentioned Thomas Castellanos. How much of a controversy do we have? I mean, look, I think that the Thomas Castellanos stuff was great, but I, I think, you know, we're still a little bit of ways away from that becoming a reality. I, I, these guys aren't going to give up anything, and that's and that's where we are. I think there's still a bunch of stuff. Later on in that press conference, I think somebody asked him the question about, you know, what did you see? And his comment was, we need to get the ball out better to our receivers and let them make plays. Um, particularly on on sort of the longer balls, the deeper passes. So clearly there's still some things they want to clean up. I think it's a situation where nobody's really grabbed the range yet. I think Gus is probably waiting for that. I know you tried to sneak a question by uh, Lokai Palue about, you know, are you are you noticing who's who's the quarterback? They're not biting. So I, I wonder if that's, A, just by design from a media training standpoint, or B, maybe th- it just really isn't obvious yet. And if it's not obvious, that's probably what Gus is waiting for. No, they had to have told the guys, don't say anything about – the uh, the QB battle, I think that's probably one of the first thing that they told them when camp opened. So um, I, we're not going to hear about anything for a while, guys. And and seeing Brian Peterson here in the comments, it does make you a little concerned, right? Because we were hoping somebody would separate themselves by hopefully by their second scrimmage this weekend. Maybe that still can happen. But uh, if it goes another week and they're still keeping it secrets, maybe we start getting a little worried. You know who's not worried? College football guru, Phil Steele. Adam, you had opportunity to speak with him this Thursday, and uh, he knows, right? He's got the direct line to Gus. He's got it all wrapped up. He knows. Yeah, he seemed like he did, Trace. This is, I, I asked him, you know, what he thought about quarterback, and, you know, did it matter if uh, if it was Plumlee or Keene? And uh, yeah, Phil says he knows. Uh, you know, his frost year in, in the SEC was phenomenal, and uh, I think he can have that type of year this year. So I, I do think Plumlee wins the job. But no matter who wins the job, it's vastly improved quarterback play over what they had the last ten games last year. Mm, you agree? That's going to sound Absolutely that's going to sound like improved. a hot take. There, there's some context to that, by the way. That's available now wherever you get your downloadable content. There's some context there. His context was Mikey Keene's had ten games to to learn to grow. He's had an off season to learn and grow now. So whomever <laughs> takes that snap uh, on September first will be better than what we saw last year from a true freshman, Mikey Keene. So his point there was, was Mikey had also improved. And he, and he thinks Plumlee is the guy. He thinks Gus brought Plumlee for a reason. You know, he, I think he's tantalized by the athleticism he saw at Ole Miss. Uh, so Phil Steele thinks Plumlee is the guy. I think most people probably assume that anybody outside the program, you see you bring in a transfer when you already have a quarterback that was a starter last year, still on the roster, and you bring in another guy. I think most people probably assume you're doing that to bring in a new starter. So uh, no surprise there. Nobody knows. I, I, I don't even think Gus knows. I don't think Christy Malzahn knows. I don't think anybody right now knows who the starting quarterback is going to be. Yeah, Gus will break it on Christy's podcast. That's where the news <laughs> will get uh, That's broken. Smart. Yeah. Saturday is practice number 10. It's uh, the second scrimmage. Uh, shareholder society members are allowed to see it. No media. 
no regular fans. Uh, we'll see what uh, shareholders leak out in the various message boards and on social media. They'll be warned not to, but when they pony up what they do, uh, they may wish to talk about it. Then Sunday, practice number 11. What came out of that first scrimmage uh, was Gus Malzahn. You guys talked about it on the podcast earlier in the week that uh, the defense was ahead of the offense. I asked on my Twitter question, and does this concern you at all? Does it make you nervous? No big deal. No big deal. Running away. They agree on this point with you, Mike. No big deal. Defense should be ahead of the offense in our first scrimmage. Yeah, first scrimmage for sure. The offense is probably running some very basic plays, you know, defense too. But it takes a little bit longer for an offense to get into a rhythm. Defense, you're kind of just flying to the ball. I think it's a little bit easier to do that early in camp. Remember, they've only had a handful of practices before that. So uh, not surprised, not worried about it. If it continues and it doesn't get better, then maybe I will get a little upset. And I, I know Chip Lindsey downplayed it, Trace, but the quarterbacks aren't live. So you're not getting you know the same feel that you would get in a game if they get flushed or if they get moved out of the pocket. They maybe scramble for a yard or two. I know, again, that's a downplay from Chip, but I do think that factors in. And I also think that you know the, the commentary was this was more of a running scrimmage. They were really uh, working on the ground attack, the ground game. So how much of the playbook was open and available? Again, the defense can sort of do whatever they want. So I don't think it's a huge surprise. I think you know defense being head of offense is probably probably on spec for, uh, for scrimmage number one one if Gus gets this wrong okay uh does the running game and the rest of the offense can they can they overcome getting this wrong well I mean uh, this is not this is going to sound like criticism of Mikey Keene but last year we figured it out with a true freshman quarterback who hadn't had a lot of time to really acclimate and understand the offense and we still cobbled together nine wins Granted, we looked horrible against SMU and Cincinnati, but we still figured out a way to win games, stay in games. Our defense helped us out. We won some close ones. So I think it gives you a pause to say, okay, if for some reason quarterback is not firing on the cylinder Gus expects, we figured it out last year. So I suspect he can probably do something similar again this year. Well, let's uh, talk a little college football with Mark Moses, host of the Mark Moses Show, 3 to 6 p.m. on Sports Radio 1560. TV viewers locally may recognize him from Spectrum Sports 360. And he made a great guest selection by inviting me on a recent show. So uh, he's a great booker of guests. Mark, welcome into Sons of UCF Live. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, let's uh, let's begin yeah, you here. Hear okay? You cover sports. Yeah, we, we got you. We got you. We cover you cover sports on your show. How have you noticed the conversation about UCF? change uh the callers that you get the conversation that you have away from maybe florida florida state miami talk that uh, that has been the dominant force in central florida for so long okay first i will pander to you guys all right i'm just going to show decision. you this wise decision. i'm gonna i'm gonna pander to you i have this hat and i've had it for like about what is it five years now i wear it all the time so don't think i don't rep for ucf i just want all your followers to know that not many people have this hat I actually own one and I wear it all the time. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, okay. Here's how I look at it with UCF. Um, when you look at the history of this state for college football, uh, it's been dominant Florida, Florida state and Miami. Those are the three big boy programs. They have won national titles. But when you look at the growth of UCF since 2013, when they won the conference and you go to the Fiesta Bowl, and then your quarterback gets drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, talking about Blake Bortles. You come back, you win again. Then in 17 and 18, you win more conference championships. Then you're going to go to the Big 12. You're calling yourself a national champion. The growth of this program in the last 10 years is phenomenal. And the best way I can describe it is, you know, I have guests, and I know people in the industry from all over the country, they know who UCF is now. We know here in Central Florida about this program, but nationally, people know about this program right now. It's changed the whole landscape in one decade. Uh, other programs might take them three or four decades. One decade, this is a big boy program now. That's why it's phenomenal to talk about. All right, Mark. Well, uh, hot take time then. Who is the best college football team in the state of Florida right now, in your opinion? Ooh. Put the hat back on. <laughs> okay this is tough all right this is very tough the team with the highest expectations for the new season is the miami hurricanes with when you look at their quarterback and how they spent all that money on mario cristobal and 
and I'm sorry I have to say this, they were picked to win their division and, co- and compete for the ACC championship, something they've never accomplished before. If you want to make fun of Miami fans, tell them they've never won a conference title before. They know it, and you know it. You look at UCF, all right, you won nine games, you beat Florida in the bowl game, you're going to the Big 12. But the voters decided they're only, the, what, the third or fourth best team in this conference, right? So I know your question was, who's the best team? I'm telling you expectations. The Gators, they think, all right, this is a two- or three-year project. Florida State right now, they're going with, well, we got to get to a bowl game. I feel like right now, I'm going to go with Miami. I know this is a son of UCF show, but I, I got to go with the Hurricanes right now as the best team. Son of a – oh, yeah, you said UCF. <laughs> how, how much do you think UCF jo- joining the Big 12 next year is going to change some of that perception uh, of what teams – people think of us compared to Miami and Florida and all that? Oh, it's it's gigantic. And I know you guys have been talking about this. Um, recruiting and the transfer portal and the job that Gus Malzahn has done is phenomenal. And you look at the last couple of weeks, especially – getting recruits here from Central Florida right in the backyard of the campus. Four-star, four-star athletes. You've never had that before where you have guys, uh, recruits where, okay, I could go to Ohio State, I can go to Florida. No, I'm going to go to UCF. It's never happened before. So the perception where you have a coach that is coaching a national title game and has beaten Nick Saban and competed for conference championships and you're going to go power five or if it's power four, whatever it's going to be called moving forward, it's really changed perception. And I'll put it this way. From a consumer standpoint, when you look at, hey, who's on the schedule moving forward if I want to buy season tickets? Well, it was Tulane and it was Cincinnati. No, 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 no. Now it's going to be bigger programs on this schedule. And that's why I think we're not going to feel it until we're at those games at the bounce house and they have those bigger programs showing up there. That's where it's going to be exciting. Let's uh, let's have you bring that prop back out again, that hat. Uh, that harkens back now to 2017, Mark. That's starting to be a bit in the rear view mirror. Preseason media projections in the AAC. By the way, Mike, I had a vote in that. Uh, I, I didn't mention that to you. I, don't I heard that. that. UCF finished third in that behind Houston one, Cincinnati two, all three moving on to the Big 12. And that transition to the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Texas still in there might be a little bit difficult. Isn't this kind of the year now to build on that nine wins and leave the American with a title? You know, I've been previewing UCF just like you guys have for the last, what, seven months or so. And it's funny. We have all these great headlines. We're going to the Big 12. We're recruiting. We're doing this. We're doing that. And my question is, hey, can we go win football games? Like, I I get we're looking ahead, but let's go win the conference again, something UCF has not done since 2018. And, And you look at those games from last year, you know, a lot of them, especially on the road, those are games they should have won. I got to see, especially in year two with Gus Malzahn, where this is now really his program and and the schemes that he wants to run on offense and defense. I want to see them go win this conference. And I've circled it just like you guys have. That Friday night game, I want revenge against Louisville. After what happened last year and the heartbreak where you lost your quarterback and you lost the last second off a pick six, I can't wait. And then later in the year, let's go get Cincinnati for UCF. This is it. This is another game you should be winning at the bounce house. I'm with you guys. I think it is win the conference or bus going into the big 12 for the final year. All right, Mark, no one else seems to know the answer to this question. So maybe you have some inside info. Maybe you've been told something who knows who will be the quarterback for UCF this year. Is it Mikey Keen or is it John Rice Plumley? I want to give credit to, to Mikey Keen where if you look at the program last year, he should not have been playing. It should have been Dylan Gabriel the whole year. And he got thrown out there after the injury. What was it? 17 touchdowns, six interceptions. And look, he he played good in that bowl game against the Florida Gators. I feel like you got to give him the first team reps. He has been in this system now for a year. But at the same time, you got to see what Plumlee can do as well. And you look at what he did at Old Miss where you're behind Matt Corral where he just tried to get on the field as a wide receiver, part of the offense. I feel like, especially in the opener, 
play both guys, see what you got, and, and then we can go from there, especially once you get ready for that Louisville game. I say play them both. And, and the key will be, and this was kind of one of the knocks on UCF last year is, which guy can stretch the field for UCF? I feel like the, the, the short and mid-range passing attack, okay, you had it. But they were, once they lost Dylan Gabriel, who can throw the ball down the field? That's who's going to stretch the ball and make sure that they can get that deep passing attack going. That's why it, we don't know with fall camp. It's not open. Let me see in the opener what both guys can do, then make your decision. After this year, we're heading into the Big 12, leaving South Florida behind. I know we've had some great games in the rivalry. Do you think we should continue playing these guys? Do you think we should just leave them in the rearview mirror? What do you think about that whole situation? Okay, so last year's game was good in a game that South Florida could have won. It was so wild. But the last couple years, doesn't it feel like Cincinnati's the big rival? Like, I know it's 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 the war on I-4. Like, I get it. You, you want to talk trash, but don't you feel like moving forward, Cincinnati's your big rival? I mean, I want them to keep playing South Florida, but they've not been the same since 2017 as a program. I honest, I feel like Cincinnati's the big rival. And, and if they don't play South Florida, would you really cry about that after a while? Mark, you told me you're a big hoops guy as the Knights transitioned in the big 12, big 12, mighty big in basketball. That's going to be a tough road for Johnny Dawkins and crew uh, as they transition. What do you expect from the Knights on the court? That's going to be a tough one. Because right now, they struggle to compete in the American Conference. You're going to go to the Big 12. This is another thing for consumers. Think about this. At that beautiful arena on campus, you could see the Kansas Jayhawks and the Iowa State Cyclones and West Virginia, Kansas State. Like, I mean, Baylor, all these teams are ranked in the top 25. It's going to be cool to see. But the question is, is, can Johnny Dawkins, who I like, by the way, I think he is doing a good job. Can he recruit to get those next level players as well for this college basketball program? That's going to be the question. I think it's going to be a tall task right now. My expectations for basketball are lower than they are for football as they make that transition to the Big 12. Mark, let's talk about the Big 12. A lot of uh, a lot of you know noise out there uh, about conference expansion, other schools joining, schools leaving, Pac-12, Big 10, TV conference money. What are your thoughts on the Big 12? Do you want to see them expand, try to add in the four corner schools, or do you think they should kind of stand pat and, and sort of see how things play out? I feel like, and I want to get your guys' take as well, is like when USC and UCLA said we're going to the Big 10, then it's just like, we just ripped the Band-Aid off. It's just, this This is not about tradition or rivalries. This is about making that money. That's what it is. We're going to have a Big Ten game in a couple of years where Rutgers <laughs> is going to take on UCLA, and that's supposed to be Midwest football. Like, wh- what is this exactly? The, the thing with the Big 12 is you're going to have a scenario where we could have 18 to 20 teams. UCF, if you're a Knights fan, you might be going to Eugene, Oregon, and it might be a, a Big 12 football game. I'm very excited. See, I'm excited because I feel like UCF, they hit the jackpot where they're going to go to a conference where even though it lost Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to add more teams and kill the Pac-12, and it is going to be one of the big boy. Like right now, SEC, Big 10, and a third one right now might be the Big 12, because we don't know what happens to the ACC moving forward. That's why it's exciting if you're UCF. People say it's going to come down to just the Big Ten and the SEC. Both of those are going to expand eventually to like 20, 24 teams. Mm. Would you have a preference if you'd like to see UCF join the SEC or the Big Ten? If you're okay, if you're <laughs> the, the Big, Big Ten, ten I know, if you're the Big Ten, you've got to get into Florida. I think that's what they're thinking. Look, think about this Big Ten. They're in the Midwest, they're in the East Coast, D.C. and New York TV markets. They're now going to be in the L.A. market. They got to get in Florida. They, they've, got, they've got to get one of the teams down here. If that is, if you're looking at UCF or Miami, it's got to be, they've got to get in Florida. That's how I look at it. Mark, let's end with this. Uh, Mike, you may not know this. He knows every team's nickname and mascot. Tell him your alma mater. See if if he gets that on one, yes, the nickname okay. of your alma mater. 
I went to Western Illinois University. Let's All right, Mike. The Fighting Salukis. No, but that's the Southern Illinois, right? That is. Yes. That is I don't know, know Western. So, so Western Illinois University is the Leathernecks, but we are not a military school. That is the name of it. Um, and people ask me all the time, oh, did Tony Romo and Sean Payton go there? No, that's Eastern Illinois. That's the other one on the other side. That's what it is. All right, Mike. Insult the guests for the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, we uh, appreciate you uh, stopping by Sons of UCF Live. Mark Moses, Sports Radio 1560. You can also see him on Spectrum Sports 360. Put that hat back on to end this segment. We'll have you back on and invite us on whenever you might need a guest yeah. there in Bar hey, County. Keep up the great work, guys, and I will see you at football games this fall. All right? Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you. Mark. You know, we're big, Mike, in Brevard County, dropping later tonight on the Brevard Sports Network. I did a little UCF preview that'll be out on YouTube. Uh, so uh, huge, huge in Brevard County. Got some news uh, before we transition to our next guest. Mike, I know, as does social media, how much you love recruiting. A little boom this week. 2024 four-star uh, defensive end, Sincere Edwards, Wakaiba High School. Announces that he intends to commit to UCF. Uh, you feel pretty good <laughs> locking that 24 commitment in here in uh, August of 2022. 2024. My daughter just got braces about a couple of weeks ago. They'll be <laughs> off by the time this kid's on campus. Uh, I'll be excited in about 24 months. Uh, also, I like to transition on things you're excited about. Watch list, Ryan O'Keefe, Earl Campbell Award. Watch list, 63 finals, nation's top offensive player connected to the state of Texas. 63 finals. You like that, Mike? I mean, they're coming up with all kinds of categories now. I never heard of this one. Offensive player from Texas. Uh, do we have a, a special teams player from Broward County Award? Is that the thing? I think we need watch lists on this show. I think we need polls. I think everything you just, you know, struggle with, we need to uh, embrace projections. Sold. All projections sold out lower bowl of the bounce house now nearly 99% sold out seats left in just eight sections 21 days out from the uh, home opener will they do it uh, getting closer uh, look for me Friday night at the charge on tour stop at the ace cafe in Orlando five to eight note to everyone I'll say hi to you I have no swag see Adam on Saturday oh, inside whoa, the arena whoa. Adam whoa. will have swag Vicious Fan rumors, fest. Trace. Vicious rumor. I mean, I can't guarantee. <laughs> maybe swag, maybe not swag, maybe some hats. I don't can't guarantee anything there. What do people have to do? Anything that they have to do for these hats? Yeah, uh, make them earn it. Do some handstands, cartwheel, something. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know, make us laugh or something. You know, tell us, you know, give, give me some sort of sign you're a fan of the show. I mean, uh, Trace and I will be out there doing. Um, we got a, a couple of things planned. Maybe, you know, you'll have an opportunity to, to earn a hat and, you know. Just dunk come, tank? come find us. Any dunk tank, maybe? I don't know if I have that kind of pull. I think you need permits for that, no? Yeah, probably. Uh, that's a one to we three. We barely got Mike on mic here. I, I'm, I'm not going to get a permit for a dunk tank. Yeah. You know, um, can we share this, Adam, that we uh, we were guests on our friends, the Dudes on the Mall show? Seems like we week. just did. Yeah. And um, they give them a little pub there. Good guys. And yes. uh at one point, an image of a puppy dog appeared when Mike, when Mike's phone was getting a call. So we like the new setup. Mike, are you enjoying this new setup that you got going? I on? do. I, I'm also in the chat right now. For the first time, I can see what's going on on the chat, and now I'm actually uh, participating in the chat myself. And I'm not listening to you guys while I'm doing it, but uh, this is fun. I, so I that's like not really anything new. No, that that part's not new. But at least I'm, I'm occupied with something else that has to do with the show. We do. You are accepting donations now. We have. A, I have a, a mic. The night UCF. I have a mic. I just have. I don't have it hanging around me. Mic. Well, he, he said top uh, tip tier equipment. I think he assumes uh, yeah. top tier equipment, Trey. So I... uh, drop that PO box. The, the night UCF got you covered. <laughs> uh, and the countdown to kick off luncheon at the arena next Thursday, eleven thirty a.m. to one thirty. So with all of these events, you know we're getting closer to the season. We've had a lot of fun with our guests over the last several weeks as we've got to know more of the uh, future opponents for UCF in the Big Twelve. And this week, our focus is on TCU. We welcome in Jeff Mitchell. At the Frogcast TCU, proud member of the TCU 24-7 Sports. Uh, Jeff, welcome in to Sons of UCF Live. 
Hey, I am glad to be with you all. It's excited to be talking about football rather than realignment. Glad to be here with you all. So let's start with realignment, Jeff. What is, <laughs> let's talk about realignment. How, <laughs> what is the reaction uh, in the TCU community to the new additions, BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati? Well, there is excitement because, you know, to be honest, aside from maybe Boise, who is justified, that this is, these are the best four programs that the Big 12 could have added. You know, Houston obviously is in the massive in the middle of a massive media market. Um, obviously, I'm, I was a big advocate of UCF, to be honest. And Cincinnati has, has made their way into the playoffs, so you can't really argue about that. And, and BYU is, uh, you know, 65,000, 70,000 fans. They, they are competitive. They might as well have won the Pac-12 last year. And so these are the best four programs that the Big 12 could have added. You know, there's no sugarcoating that losing um, Oklahoma is terrible in terms of national perception. And losing Texas is terrible because of brands. But maybe between Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU, one of those four teams can beat Kansas and replace Texas as um, one of the uh, cowbells for the conference. Jeff, you're actually in a unique position to, to answer this question, so I'm glad you're on with us tonight. Obviously, TCU was one of the last programs to transition from Group of Five to Power Five. Um, so what do, what do we have in store for us? What were the growing pains or the pain points that you saw as TCU transitioned there? And what, what should UCF fans kind of prepare themselves for as we make that transition? There is going to be a, a noticeable transition. You know, TCU, you know, as you all may or may not know, uh, similar to UCF, in 2010, a couple of years before they made the jump, you know, went 13 and 0. They won the Rose Bowl. They beat a top five team in in Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. And then in 2012, went seven and six. Their first year in the Big 12. In their second year in 2013, they went four and eight. And so, what you're going to find is depth is a massive issue. You know, I think the the, the starting 22 for say TCU in in 2008, nine, and 10, when they all when they finished in the top 10 three straight years, was as good as is anybody in the top 10. But when you get below that top 22, starting 22, it thins out pretty quick. And so if you get a serious injury going up against Tulane and Tulsa, you can manage that. But when you get a serious injury in your next three games are were for TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. In, in Texas or a, a good West Virginia team, you cannot mask that all that well. And so depth is going to be a serious issue. I, I, I don't doubt what UCF is going to be able to bring to the field for their starting 22. It's, it's what do you have underneath that? Because in the, in, the, in the depth of running against a Power 5 team every single week, you're going to find your depth in the trenches matters most, even in a league like the Big 12, even though that stereotype is dying. But um, I, I think the other transition is just what are you going to do with all this money? You know, going from seven or eight thousand million dollars a year in the AAC, um, you can just say, oh, my gosh, I got all this money now in, in a thirty five to forty five million dollar Big 12 contract. But figuring out how to wisely utilize those resources will not will not happen overnight. And, and we and I don't know football drives the train on all this, but you do have a basketball program. Big 12 is big in baseball. And so you're going to have to figure out where to invest all those resources and the return on that investment will not come your second full season in the Big 12. And I think that's going to be where the growing pains are going to come. Gary Patterson out after a very successful 20-year run. Sonny Dykes in, coming off a 5-7 and seven season. What are the expectations for this year for the Horn Frogs? Well, like all teams, after a couple of weeks of practice, we assume that we're going to go 15-0 and and win two games and win the national championship in the playoff. So, uh, it, you know, there's no, there's no denying it's a massive transition from Gary Patterson. Um, if it were not for Gary Patterson, we would have been a peer institution in the, um, in the American for the last decade. You know, there's just no denying that. TCU would not be in the Big 12. We would not have had all of these top 10 finishes. He's the reason that they won seven, 10 games, seven out of 10 straight years from twenty eight from 2008 to 2017. And every TCU fan will, will thank him. He's the only living coach other than Nick Saban that has a statue for him outside the stadium. But basically since the end of the Alamo Bowl, when they beat a Stanford team that had played for the Pac-12 title, TCU has gone stale. There's just There's no nice way to say it. I don't know if the game caught up with the Patterson's 4-2-5 defense, I think the offense got pretty lax and lazy. And the problem is recruiting has continued to get better. 
there is so much talent on this TCU team. And so when Sonny Dykes comes in, he's got more toys than he's ever been able to operate with. And so I, anything less than probably eight wins in Sonny Dykes' first year, I think is going to be a disappointment. There's too much talent. There's you know a potential first-round draft pick with Quentin Johnston as a wide receiver. There's two experienced quarter or two quarterbacks that could start at a variety of Power Five programs that are fighting for the starting job this year. And I think the shift from the four-two-five to the three-three-five is going to be a, a needed um, a change for the Frogs. And so I think that um, expectations are pretty high for Sunny um, for Sunny Dykes. What Sunny is uh, one of the reasons I think that our athletic director Jeremiah Donati was so drawn to him for was he he's conversant in what Patterson honestly didn't want to get excited about the transfer portal NLI uh, NI excuse me NIL. And, and Sonny is, is a master of that. I feel really good about his ability to pick up t- um, talent in the transfer portal. And one of the things about TCU that you all may not know about is the school is just loaded. I mean, we, we produce uh, tons and tons of millionaires that um, wanted to put the money into work if, um, uh, in the black market, if you know what I mean. But they now have a place to put it above board. And so I will not be surprised that over the next five years, as the Wild West of NIL kind of begins to regulate itself and begin to, to level out, TCU is not going to get um, uh, run, laps run around them for money because Sunny Dice is excited about the alignment of the program with the wealth of the boosters and putting a winning program, program on the field. Tell us about the passion of the fan base and what a football game day is like. Well, you know, I've been a TCU, I'm 47 years old. I've been a TCU fan since I was a freshman in college um, many years ago. Anybody that tells you that going to a TCU game is the same as going to Death Valley, whether Clemson or LSU, is just lying. You know, we what we don't, here, here's the night and day between uh, UCF and TCU. We are a small private school, and we all but have a cap on our enrollment to continue to be a really quality undergraduate experience. We have strong graduate programs. We have strong PhD programs. But TCU is built to be an undergraduate institution, even though they're making changes to to grow the graduate program. So we don't have, you know, some schools have more um, undergrads than we have living alumni over the age of 50. And so we have a stadium that seats roughly 50,000 people. When the frogs are hopping, it is a great place to be. It is packed. It is built to be loud. You can put 50,000 people in there. They have uh, amazing luxury boxes that I was lucky to sneak into a couple years ago, not because I could afford it. Um, In the student section, we get one of the highest participation rates of undergraduates um, percentage-wise into the game. And so we don't have, you know, 40, 50, 60,000 undergrads, but we can put five or 6,000 undergrads right there in front of the opposing bench, covering it from the 20 to the 20 and make a whole lot of noise. But when we when we're bad, you know, it it, it we were it reflects it. We've got a we, any any TCU fan that says we don't have a, a strand of fair weather fan inside of us is wrong. But the upside is there's a lot of excitement right now. So I will not be surprised um, if if we have back to where we were in attendance in 2017 this season. And there's a lot of excitement for Fort Worth. Um, you ask what it's like on game day. I, every every school thinks they take tailgate really well. Um, we do have a pretty pretty solid tailgate scene, almost to the detriment of attendance. Um, but we have a great a great scene on game day. It's very family friendly. Um, every little kid can run across the field as the team takes the field for um, you know the, the frogs that are little little frogs that are running out on the field. So it's a great place to be on game day. And when things are going well, it's as it's as good as any program in the Big Twelve. Jeff, UCF might not win the four quarters, but we win the pregame and we win the postgame every single time. What's what's a beverage that we have to try while we're out there? Is there a food choice that we have to kind of <laughs> sink our teeth into? Give us something to look forward to as we make our way out to TCU. Well, unlike other people in the in the South, and Texas is not the South. Let's just get that on the record here. We don't <laughs> eat pigs. We eat cows. And so what you need to find is some brisket. Somebody's going to be smoking a brisket while they're there at TCU. But what you need to do is find one of the wealthy boosters that's got a great tailgate spot that had Travis Heim from Time Barbecue, who is a massive TCU fan, that Texas Monthly has voted Time Barbecue as the best barbecue in Texas, and it's right there in Fort Worth. You need to get yourself some Heim Barbecue. And um, just for the sake of stereotypes, you need to drink a Shiner Bach beer, which is um, out of a little distillery in Shiner, Texas. 
Um, it's unfortunately been bought out by the national brands here in the last few years. But Shiner Bach is the drink of choice to let everybody know that you're a Texan. You guys have a long history playing against Texas. 92 times you guys have squared off. They're leaving. What's the plan? Are you guys still going to play them every year? Or are they kind of just saying goodbye or what's going on? My hunch is they're saying goodbye. My hunch is that that, that um, game, that series is coming to an end. And I have a feeling Texas fans are, are pretty excited about it. Even when um, things were turning against Gary here in the last several years, they still found a way to, to beat Texas, even when the Frogs were, were having a rough season. So I, my hunch is if, if Texas keeps one game with a team in the, in the Big 12, um, it's probably going to be Texas Tech. And that's probably going to be more um, issues from the state house than it is from um, where, where the most competitive football is going to be on the field. But uh, I think Texas is glad to leave the Big 12. I'm looking forward to watching them going three and nine in the SEC, but they would be losing a game almost every year if they were still playing TCU. Earlier, you mentioned basketball, baseball, those transitions. What are some of the sports that uh, UCF fans are going to watch uh, TCU be pretty good at? Well, you're going to see us be really good at baseball. And TCU has been going to the College World Series almost every other year since 2010. And they've been on a really solid run to get to Omaha. And so I know that the SEC obviously has a lot of dominant programs. But even with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, um, Texas Tech is, is I'm, I'm going to get shot for saying this among our, my fans, Texas Tech is the best program in the, in, in the conference in terms of their ability to put something on the field to win the Big 12. TCU got a piece of the Big 12 this year in baseball. Um, there's going to be a lot of excitement for baseball and a lot of competitive games in, in Big 12 baseball. Uh, West Virginia is, is a um, under-the-radar quality program. Oklahoma State has historically been a great program and continues to be. And um, Baylor is, is also a competitive program. And then with Houston coming in, um, no one is surprised when Houston wins the American Athletic Conference in baseball. And no one is surprised when they are um, hosting a national seed in baseball. So I think baseball is going to continue to be strong, even with Texas, which is a historically amazing program and Oklahoma, who had a great run this year, um, leaving. But all that being said, you need to get ready to join the best basketball league in the country. No one can debate it. Hands down, the best basketball in the country is played in the current Big 12, and it will be played even more in the future Big 12. And so TCU has historically been a, a doormat in the Big 12. And this year, they kind of finally got their act together with Jamie Dixon. They, they had a, a ridiculous game with Arizona in the second round where we got robbed. Um, and got knocked out. But TCU is a preseason top 10 to top 15 in a lot of different um, um, unofficial rankings going into 20, uh, 2022, 2023. And so it, if you like to travel and you got some money, you need to go to Fog Island Fieldhouse up there in Lawrence. Um, Houston joining. Houston is obviously a powerhouse in basketball. Oklahoma State is um, uh, up and down, but historically a quality program. Texas Tech continues to be a great program. Bob Huggins is still causing problems in West Virginia. And obviously you have Kansas and Baylor that have won back-to-back -back national titles. And then the, for the two years back, Texas Tech, if they hadn't blown a lead in the second half, it would have been three straight titles for the Big 12 that has nothing to do with Texas or with Oklahoma. Best basketball in the country is played in the Big 12. If you go 500, you're in the tournament and you're going to be above an eight seed. Yeah, if UCF goes 500 in basketball, you're going to have a lot of happy Knights fans. Hey, Jeff, what, what well, the heck I is mean, a horn? I, I, I make a point because we're peers having done this journey 10, 12 years ago. Uh, if, if you were having a hard time in the AAC, just, just buckle up for Big 12 basketball because yeah. it, is, uh, it is brutal. It reminds – I'm so old. When I was a kid, my, the best basketball program and uh, best basketball league in the country when I was a kid was the Big East. And it was physical and it was just a different brand of basketball. And you knew that, you know, two thirds of the team teams in the conference could get in the tournament and make noise. It's the same thing in the Big 12. It is rough. It is brutal. And if you uh, go 500, you're one of the top 15 teams in the country, in my opinion. Jeff, what the heck is a horned frog? A horned frog is a horned lizard. It's a tiny, there's a great YouTube on it about from I, National Geographic or Pop Science. Or I can't even remember what it was. But a horned frog is a tiny little lizard on the on, in West Texas between, they talk about Fort Worth where the West begins. 
It begins in West Texas and goes, or in Fort Worth and goes all the way west. It's a tiny little lizard, but it per capita, it is one of the strongest and most deadly little lizards you can ever bump into. And so when it feels like it's attacked and you're coming up on it, it will spit blood out of its eye to uh, attack you. So if you've ever seen you know, somebody with bloodshot eyes, imagine them spitting blood at you at a distance five times their body length. That's what a horn frog is. And when TCU made its way, you know, it, had, it, was on a, it relocated a couple of times. When it finally arrived in Fort Worth, the campus was full of horned lizards, and they adopted that as their mascot. Well, on that happy note, Jeff Mitchell <laughs> at the Frogcast TCU, thanks for telling us a little bit about the Horn Frogs and uh, the program. Uh, we're looking forward to visiting, and uh, thanks for being with us on Sons of UCF Live. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Welcome to the to the Big 12. I'm looking forward to, to having you all. I know that people outside of UCF have given you all a hard time, but I was really excited when you hung your banner for 2017. I'm just going to say it because I have a banner hanging for 2010. Uh, uh, I know it doesn't count, but it feels really good to talk about. So it enjoy, counts. and I look forward to y'all joining the Big 12. We'll have a shiner with you when we visit. Thanks much, Jeff. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, thanks. All right, Mike. You going to go to TCU? You know, this is a real city. Fort Worth, you're right next to <laughs> Dallas. I could see myself going to TCU. I, I not It's not Ames. It's not Lubbock. It's not Waco. Fort Worth, I think I can have some fun there. You, saw, you mentioned the Shiners. Uh, it doesn't seem too bad. Uh, it's taken us several weeks, but we got him. We got him. I think you're getting closer yeah, I mean, to I don't on a road trip. Giants Cowboys same weekend. There yeah. you go. I, I don't know if Jeff sold it very well, but I, I do agree that Mike uh, Mike Mike's got an idea there, and Robert in the chat is uh, is throwing a kegger at his house. Yeah, big party uh, there. So it sounds like a it sounds like a done deal. We're all we're all going. We're all going. Everyone come with us. Dallas, Fort Worth, not Lawrence, not Lubbock. Big city, Southwest Airlines, fly in. Yeah, it's a great question, Brian. Yeah. Directees. I think there are directees to Fort Worth. Yeah. I think you can figure that out. Although right. Lonely Bumblebee will not be joining you. Oh, oh that's, that's, that's a tough review. <laughs> that right there is a tough review. That's tough. Uh, Someone agrees in that remark. In that remark. One more uh, school in our Meet the Big 12. We'll try and arrange someone to come on from Oklahoma State next week. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, one more. Go around the kingdom. Just this note, women's soccer beat FAU 2-1 in an exhibition. They're at Miami, Mike, down by you. Friday, 4.30 in an exhibition. Season opener coming up against Florida, 6 o'clock next Thursday, August 18th at the UCF Soccer and Track Complex. Had opportunity to sit with uh, head coach Tiffany Roberts. Hey, Deck, you can see that interview. Adam Ware on the YouTube channel. Past yeah, 600 so subscribers now. We're rocking just a little YouTube channel with a little over 600 people subscribed to it. So it's an interesting uh, um, kind of video we put together, Trace. It's not your typical, you know, press conference video. We had some some B-roll footage of practice. We got some conversation with coach and uh, um, and, and some players. So it's a, it's a well-produced piece, if I may say so myself, only because I produced it. Excellent work, Adam. Excellent work. All right, we got a coach in the can there. Anybody we can spin around to introduce the mailbag this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you have a, a shout-out of favorite? Who do, you, who do you want to see here? Anybody you want to bring up. Surprises. All right. This is Herb Hand. Let's open the Sons of UCF mailbag. I think, right, I think Herb... I think Herb needs a shiner Bach right now. I think he's struggling a little bit. <laughs> it's just August with this guy. He's got a whole season ahead of him. How's he going to make it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he is. And singles, All right. I guess. Usually, we go... Well, there's some music we usually go to the walk and talk here but the most pressing question uh, i'm gonna point to mike here at todd a bryant what will the new jerseys look like unveiled friday okay. let's right. turn to the jeff sharon of the sons of ucf <laughs> ucf mike hold on hold on, hold on. all right mike I did some I did some research here I, I need you to tell us what you're willing to <laughs> tolerate for jerseys all right here we go i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some of these on this oh, is a circa. tremendous a Ryan Schneider era jersey, Mike. You got the the, the oh. collar with a little bit of that logo, and same on the sleeves, Mike. Is are you in for this? Could we give you this? I own the black version of this. I like this one. Sure, the, the collar is is nice, and, and okay. the sleeves and all that stuff. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. What about the helmet? Hel kind of plain. Yeah, but they used to put the stickers on the back of those helmets too. They kind of added to it. Oh and boy, I do he's like going to fire people up about sticker talk. Now. The logo, which is similar to the Suns logo, which is how we came across ours, right? 
They were, they were here first, yes. All right, next up. We're going to get the Alex Haynes version, the first Adidas version of the uniform. Picture courtesy of uh, Brandon Hellig, by the way. I mean, it's black, it's gold. What's not to like about it? Next. All right, here we go. This is the 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 tuxedo shirt version that we wore during uh, the Fiesta Bowl era. Um, sure, they had the sword. I don't know about the swords on the pants kind of thing. It was okay. It kind of looks like maybe he peed down his leg a little bit, but... Uh... Sure. All right. Not bad. How to get it? How to get all over there? Okay. All right. We'll come back to that. <laughs> kind of our our current version here, well, Mike. Um. Sure. Anthracite, I think, is out now, but um, whatever. A lot of combinations you could go with with these uh these uniforms here. Okay. Mm-hmm. With the old school classic. Dante. Yeah. Classic. Oh, all classic we got is a UCF on a sleeve. That's all we had room for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Large uh, sleeves, though. Large sleeves. <laughs> large shoulder pads back then too so you needed those big sleeves uh yeah nothing on the collar nothing on the pants helmets kind of uh, i mean that's what they did 30 years ago and, and we got by with it somehow i don't know they still played the games imagine that <laughs> the only color photo i could find of uh, who i believe is darren slack oh love the logo those are more like steelers uh yellow there right Kind of evolved. Is that Iowa? Is that Iowa there? No, it says UCF on the helmet. <laughs> yeah, the little right, so sli- uh, stripes on the sleeves. It sounds like oh. this is what you're looking for, Mike. It sounds like this is this is you right here. Just just jersey with a number, pair of pants, a helmet, and go strap it up and play. That's all that's necessary is a shirt that has a number on it, so we know who's who, and that's it. I mean, the designs, the, the collars, the the patches, all that stuff. I I don't even notice it to be honest. Can we get an emergency Sons of UCF podcast for a full uniform breakdown? Is that possible on a late Friday? I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other podcasts doing that tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure I'm available. There uh, you uh, scrolled some comments from our buddy Robert. Two letters, two words. We're the big tailgate prior to the TCU game. His house. A lot of good brisket and uh, Shiner beer. What's his walk and talk question? Oh, Hey, just doing some touch-ups for the UCF room for the season. Anyway, I got a question for you boys, and I'll keep it short so I don't get Peterson. The Big 12 just authorized the continuation of their contract to play their championship game in Arlington through 2025. The question that I have for you is this. Would you rather, considering prestige, perception, and the financials involved, like to have future championship games in the Big 12 played on campuses or at a neutral site. Thanks. Go Knights and charge on. <laughs> Peterson? Is yeah, that Peterson the fast, is a verb. That's the fast forward treatment? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, not a fan of the... Uh, the uh, <laughs> He's not, checked out. Not a fan. Not a fan. Um, um, but, you know, he brings up the last year that uh, UCF could host. Uh, so that's why this makes it so important in the American. I don't, it make no difference to me. Really. I mean, I assume that these, you know, being in the Big 12 in, in this neutral side games, uh, there's still money to be had getting there. Right. So I don't know how much money we're going to get uh, on campus versus what we would get by being in the championship room anyway. So I do like the on campus thing. It is cool to be able to go and and, and spend some time. But it's also cool to get to go to a big C and, and you know, bigger stadium, more people can can attend. So I'm fine either way. I love having it at home. I love the atmosphere. But. Sometimes you're going to play in that championship game and you're going to have to go on the road. So with it's a, being at a neutral site, you know where it is before the season starts. You can have the, your room booked ahead of time. And if you, we don't make it, you cancel it. It's easier planning, at least that way. Instead of having maybe a week or two notice that you have to go to Ames, Iowa, um, you're probably not going to attend that one. All right. We're going to Zabruder film this next one at Lonely BUCF. Analyze Gus's entrance walk. Is that Sigma stride confirmation of 15 and 0? This is when he came out to uh, what we had a video opportunity of practice the other day. Adam, you've got that? Fifteen and O walk, Mike. Yeah, he's got the Conor McGregor kind of strut there. You know what I love when he does too, when he does a little thing with his watch and he kind of like straightens it out a little bit. He does that a lot. I just like that that. Jason Beatty was the only one to say morning, Gus. <laughs> That's my favorite thing in that clip. I imagine there's multiple people there, and Jason Beatty's like, good morning, sir. I love it. Well, because everybody else has got a camera, 
and you're rolling video and you don't want to pick up on extraneous audio as I did with a person talking next to me. This was a late ad. You're not familiar with this question. Came in right before the show at UCF Guy 23. Apologizes for the late question, and so you should. A lot of planning goes into the show. Get your questions in early. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, JRP may be a flop and may only be used like Gatewood last year, but hopefully more effective. Do we see Keene first until halftime? I'm guessing the home opener. Then JRP third uh, in the second half with trick plays and Tommy in the fourth quarter. You think we see, I mean, I think we see all three of them in the first game, but do you think that might be the rotation we see? Um, not so sure on that. I mean, again, I, I think you've got a toss up right now between JRP and Mikey Keene. I think you, you could play that either way. Um, obviously, I think I think Tommy's third in that list if he gets in, but I, I think you could flip that either way. But I do think that split probably makes a little bit of sense, right? You know, one gets a half, one gets a half, and maybe Tommy with some, some mop up duty. Um, yeah, coin flip though. Yeah, I'm thinking you're going to see the first quarterback for the, maybe the first two series, and hopefully it's two touchdowns. If it's not, then you you bring in the other guy, and That's if that eight. guy scores, then maybe you got a, a new quarterback. Tommy, fourth quarter, the game's out of hand. Um, that's probably all he's going to see, unless the game's out of hand by halftime. But I think still you're going to see one of those guys come back for the third quarter. Mike, this one for you for Matt Rejoice tonight. Sounds like defense ready to go. What's holding back the offense, the quarterback selection, or the defense just that good? Or did we just buy into too much of that Gus uh, touting the defense after the first scrimmage? No, I think Aaron Rodgers said it what, a few years ago. Just relax, relax. It was only a first week of practice. The offense is going to be fine. We know the running game is going to be there. We know the weapons we have at the receiver, O'Keefe and all the other guys. It's going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay. And I think it's a great sign the defense is that good. I love that our defense is back to where it Mike is the calm one. Wow. Yeah, quoting Aaron Rodgers, bold move, by the way. Um, there is one other walk and talk. I feel bad. I think we skipped a walk and talk. No, no, it's coming up. It's coming up. I'm, oh, okay. I'm just, just going through questions. I, 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 I broke them up this week. Uh, at Crash Cart 1. Uh, RJ... Just let me know next time. That's all. I got to push the buttons. That's all. <laughs> just you know, let somebody at, know. That's fine. <laughs> at Crash okay. Cart 1, how is RJ Harvey looking after returning from the ACL injury? Uh, we uh, heard a mention of him uh, and uh, performing well from uh, Chip Lindsay today, but uh, there's a lot of guys in that room, but he to me is intriguing because you can use, utilize him in a couple of ways. Yeah. He was name dropped specifically today by, by Chip Lindsay. So you got to assume that, uh, you know, he's, you know, uh, somebody that's caught the eye a little bit. We've talked about this every week. That running back room is just ridiculous with all the talent that's there. How do you get all those how, all those guys in the field? Some guys in the return game, maybe some guys in the in the passing game. Um, I do. I'm, I'm rooting for RJ Harvey. Uh, good kid. I, again, by all accounts, he was leading uh, as, as RB one before injury last year. So I'd love to find a way to carve uh, carve out a niche for him on the team this year. All right, here is that Brian Peterson. Now I got to change. Talk. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, all right. Brian I didn't Pe realize that mixing this up. I just all right. decided. What's up, sons? Yeah. Your guy, Brian W. Peterson here. My question this week, do you think Gus knows who his starting quarterback is going to be and he's just being tight-lipped about it? Or do you think that he's still evaluating roughly three weeks out before the season starts? Appreciate you guys. Go Knights and charge on. It's rather short. Of Brian, it's a rather short question. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel like we've him. <laughs> I thought I had time to go refill my drink, but it was over <laughs> just like that. Like uh, no, this is the question. Uh, you, you guys debated it uh, on your show this week. Uh, I think Gus really trying to hang in there as long as he can and see if uh, JRP can win the job. Yeah, again, I my conspiracy theory is I think Gus wanted it to be Plumley, and and for whatever reason that just hasn't clicked yet. Whether that's a Plumley thing or a Mikey Keene thing, I don't think we know that yet. So I think he's he's sort of reevaluating where he's at, recognizing he can win with both. But I, I think the longer this plays out, I think the longer it favors Mikey Keene at some point, right? Because you know I feel like the the veteran presence, even though he's only been there for a year, he knows that system, he knows those those players. Obviously, some new guys on offense, but I, I think the longer it plays out, the more it's uh, it's Mikey Keene. You only get a set number of plays in practice. So only, only so many practices between now and the season. If you knew who your quarterback was, wouldn't you be giving your number one guy that many more snaps? So I, the fact that he's rotating them in and out right now, it shows you that he doesn't know who it is. At Jason Vegas 22, curious how much we'll see the 22s play right off the bat. You're getting a lot of Nikai Martinez name drops. And I asked about Jordan McDonald today. So maybe those are some guys we'll see. 
Yeah, if you listen to the dudes on the mall, I don't know why you haven't, by the way. Um, uh-huh. Mike's hot Dude. take was that Jordan McDonald uh, could be a guy that sees a bunch of carries this year. And we talked about the secondary, specifically Nikai Martinez. And where does he fit in with a veteran group? Someone's going to have to maybe go to the bench. Uh, so what happens there? I think those are two names, Trace, that uh, hopefully we'll see uh, on the field this year. Don't forget the Henderson twins, too. I mean, it's possible we see some freshmen get a lot of playing time. And hopefully... There's going to be a lot of blowout games where they get a chance to get on the field and we see them all in action. At PROF Buttons, B-U-T-T-O-N-Z, is there a concern, Mike, that the majority of our big recruits have been on defense? No, I love that the big, our best recruits are on defense. I think defense, I've said it forever, defense is what wins. Defense wins championships, and we see things go in cycles. So the last few years, we saw it go to the spread offense and the fast-paced offense. Everybody was winning that way. Now it's kind of coming back the other way. Georgia had the best defense in the country last year. That's why they won the national championship. Uh, if you're going to be able to, the team that's going to be able to stop these high-powered offenses is going to be the team that wins. Button's concern stems from the fact that T. Will were to leave, how many recruits would he take with him? But I don't think we can worry about that. At Barry Attic, oh, this has got to be for you, Mike. Which of the preseason watch lists is your favorite? The ones that I don't know about. That's, that's my favorite one. <laughs> what about the uh, the award for best uh, player that is connected to the state of Texas? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking for <laughs> Ryan um, <laughs> they have one for each state. What is the best offensive player from Montana? I, I don't know. At Night Fan 94, this is a little expansive, this question. I'm, I'm going to give my quick answer. Rank the Big 12 football stadiums off Google Maps, Street View, photos only. I'm just going to say, I, I think BYU and their location is unbelievable when you look at what they're actually, so. I'm I'm the idiot of the group. I actually did this. I went to Google Maps. I looked up all these stadiums on the Street View. Not very pleasing. Uh, you don't you don't see a lot of on that Street View site. So I found the definitive one. I think that uh, that makes the most sense. That's this one right here, my friends. That's Cowboy Stadium. If we get to the Big 12 championship, that's where we'll be playing it. That's the most important stadium in the Big 12. Also, the home of my Dallas Cowboys. Also, the most eye uh, eye appealing stadium in the Big 12. So that's uh, that's my answer. Wouldn't it be nice if during one of these road trips it was Cowboys Giants for you two? I could use two wins in a weekend. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) At uh, Bonk's Realm, what's your favorite UCF tailgate memory? Any sport, home, away, or postseason? Well, so I I would say last year, uh, if you weren't with us, we held a tailgate prior to the Boise game. We rented out a space. We got some some tents. We got some signage. And uh, we we had a grand old time. So much so. We're kicking that around again this year. Just maybe. We'll see if that comes to fruition, but maybe. Three weeks from uh, now? Three weeks from now. We'll see if we can get that pulled off. We're pretty lazy around here, but we'll see if we can get that pulled off. So that was a good time last year. We got to meet up a lot of people. It rained. We spent more time with Chet than I ever thought I would in in my entire (laughs) life, but he was a good dude. It was good to hang out with him. And so you never know what will happen this year. My favorite tailgate memory. When the stadium first opened 2007, uh, that season, they did not lock up the uh, school buildings for whatever reason. I used to go in there, use the bathrooms or whatever. My girlfriend at the time, my wife now, we uh, snuck away from the tailgate. We snuck away from the tailgate for a little bit, found a little uh, electrical room closet, and yada, yada, yada. Kevin Smith's not the only one that scored that day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's after 9 o'clock, so we can get away with those kind of stories. We're out of the family hour this one at all I have, I have follow-up questions but i'm gonna, I'm gonna let it go uh, yeah, there's all, sorts of follow-up <laughs> all, all my four l's will there be another aac pick and pull tracker challenge she wants one of those hats and there was a response from some guy named stat boy drew he seems to recall i don't recall this to you uh, that he and eric lopez elo beating the suns in that nope. aac pick and pull tracker is that going to be back though is the big question first off i looked that up i believe stat boy drew and i were tied so no official victory. Now he housed well, you two. You the facts over there at the black and gold banneret. So this he housed you two. That's the, that's undisputable. But I believe he and I tied. So I, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, that is true. I did look that up. Uh, we did lose to Elo. I, I got off to a slow start last year. Uh, I started picking it up at the end. But I did beat Trace. I've never lost to Trace. I won the whole thing it's too. It's important ago. to you. I let you win. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've won the whole thing two years ago. I'm coming back for the crown this year. We're going to set it up. We may set it up on a different uh, platform this year. I don't know. We're going we're to play around with it. I'll let you guys know. Keep you updated. Should, should we keep it the same format? Just AAC games? Should we include some Big 12 games? we got to get all that worked out in the next couple of days. we got a lot of work to do. 
in the uh, next couple of days. All right, let's close up the mailbag. Lots of good questions in there. You know, when I saw the podcast drop this week, I got to say, got to be honest with you, I saw your guest, Mike Asuna, and I went, who? I didn't know who. Really enjoyable interview. Yeah, great story. If you guys don't know who Mike is, uh, you know, it's not a, a household name. He played 95 to 97. Uh, his story just before he even stepped on foot on campus at UCF is just uh, uh, just incredible. His time is a walk on. And I believe we have not done all the research. He's the only person that I know that knocked Dante Culpepper on his ass and lived to tell about it. So you kind of want to hear that story. And it sounds like if you saw Dante today, he might also try to, again, knock him on his ass. So if you don't know who Mike Osuna is, you want to check that one out. Really good story. Really good guy. Um, and even even today, he's you know he's a firefighter. He opens he opened a gym. Uh, just a, an, an incredible story. It's something that if you haven't heard it, you should check it out. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, some of the stories, I don't know. <laughs> he says that there was video camera and all of a sudden when he's knocking Dante, the camera somehow went the other way. Um, but very inspirational story, uh, a walk on good, good guy and, and very energetic interview. If you, if you listen to it, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Good quality stuff. You know what guys, it's been a pretty good week uh, for the sons of UCF from that Mike Osuna interview, good women's soccer preview with Tiffany Roberts, Hadek. Phil Steele, Adam, you got Phil Steele. We're all friends, me and Phil. We we go way back. We're all friends. You, and you last talked to him uh, a year ago. <laughs> More than that, I believe we actually did that interview earlier last year. You hardly, you'd hardly know it. I uh, want to thank yeah. Mark Moses for joining us tonight. Uh, good sport. And, of course, Jeff from Frogcast TCU as our Meet the Big 12 series continues. Uh, don't forget, I hope to see you out at the Charge on Tour Stop at the Ace Cafe in Orlando on Friday night. And then look for Adam with a big bag of swag, right? Big bag of swag, hats, tumblers. I'm not Santa Claus, bro. I don't have, I'm not Santa. I mean, what do you want me to do here? <laughs> a small bag of swag. Be sure to say hi to Adam and, and be nice. To <laughs> please, him. please do. Stay away from Mike if you see him, though. I won't be there. Mike, Mike you're not going to be here. We're going to miss you in Orlando. Just lock all the doors of the arena. Mike will be. <laughs> the uh, reason those buildings are not open anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, on that note, uh, we're going to end now with, uh, I'm Trey Stroko. They're Adam and Mike. And uh, yeah. who ends the show this week, Adam? Roll it. Oh, I forgot we're doing this, too. I'm all nice. this today. Okay. Uh, I'm Akahi Paole, and thank you for watching the Sons of UCF. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.